have future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. If I don't get the first leg warrant, I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another big edition of the Two Units podcast as we gear up for the Group 1 Queensland Oaks this week. We've got the, all our usual segments are back, the Salt and Supper, Footies Fodder, Salt Specs, tips across four states again, and then we'll round out the show with our Two units bets as usually, our best bets from around Australia. Uh, Sultan, welcome along, mate. Yes, footy, nice to be here. And listeners, welcome back for our second episode this week. Hopefully, we don't have podcast fatigue. Yeah, no, we'll, 15? Yeah, episode nice. 15. Yeah, I've yeah. been uh, I've been in an ice bath since uh, since Tuesday, Salt, so I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, nice. I, I've been in a in a bath of anger since yesterday so hopefully let's uh get some more positive vibes yeah it was it was a, it was a tough midweek specs at the office yeah, wasn't it, it was. but hey the best part is two eps in a week we get to move on really quick and uh we've got stacks of tips in the show today uh but salt's back again by popular demand is uh footies fodder it's the segment that's lighting up the twitter sphere at the moment mate yeah it's one of my it's in my top five favorite segments that's <laughs> good mate so i'm gonna try and climb into your into your podium today and footy's fodder today is uh for those that tuned into the lockdown lunch actually on tuesday you would have heard me go full fuming footy about the uh pre and post race hype of Ayrton. so how it's been hyped up a storm and the treatment from the uh, mainstream racing media just for the record still think he's going to be a star but it's got me thinking for footy's fodder this week salts is what are some of the most overhyped things of all time. All right. So I'll kick it off here, mate. It might be showing my age, but TikTok. Oh, I've got the, inst- <laughs> I've got the Instagrams, yeah. the Facebooks, the Twitters, <laughs> all right, but I can't buy into the TikToks, mate. And I got sent one in a group chat the other day. I was like, oh, watch this. It's so funny. And then I had to download the app to watch it. And I'm like, I, I just refuse to. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. And I think it's severely overhyped i reckon if you're over 25 um and you've got that then i reckon you might be an idiot <laughs> do you have it <laughs> no nah, mate but oh. if you if you want to give salts a follow on tiktok it's at salts 69 so <laughs> you can find him on probably there. not the right platform for that <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey um I want to – my first overhype there, we're on the cusp of the Euros. Are you a world game follower at all, Salts? I am a Liverpool man, mate. Yeah, well, I was. that was a loaded question because I know you were for at least 12 months. That was oh, mate. About 12 months ago. Mate, I'm watching back in Madrid, mate. <laughs> so we're on cusp of the Euros and it got me thinking just I love my English football and the England national football team of that sort of 2002 to 2006 era – were the most overhyped and underperformed team. So you had the likes of Beckham, Rooney, Owen, uh, Lampard, Gerrard, just to name a few. And, mate, they only reached the quarterfinals out of any Euros and World Cups. So they are just overhyped, and uh, I'm, I want to send them packing a bit too. Well, steaming salt sent them, sent the English national football team team since 1966 packing the other day so <laughs> yeah, it, it flows on with that that's true hey something else and this could be controversial for our listeners but i'm calling it the tv series friends 
all right, is overhyped garbage, right? It's the reunion episodes just dropped on binge and people are losing their minds about it. And I reckon it's no good. Seinfeld hits it for six every day of the week. So I'm putting friends in the overhyped category. Mate, I'm going to jump in there. I I agree. Seinfeld is the greatest sitcom to ever exist and will be until the end of time. It, it is, it's the best show of all time, Seinfeld. But that said, I... I like friends. Chandler, Joey, Phoebes, <laughs> no, Roscoe, Rachel. Not 1990s Rachel is the best looking person that's ever existed in the history of television. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I reckon the show's all right, mate. And it's, I actually watched the reunion the other day. And Here I, he is. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, I'm on the Instagrams. I did a poll. <laughs> What's more pathetic? Crying over when Wilson died in Castaway, so crying over a dead volleyball mm-hmm. or crying watching the Friends reunion when Ross and Rachel kissed for the first time. What were the results? At the Park Cafe. It was actually 50-50. No, it's, it's a thousand votes to a thousand. That's the most <laughs> It's the most niche poll of all time, but yeah. I, don't, I don't mind. I did it's see that. Show. Could I be any better? <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. All right, all right. Mate, i got one here. Uh, the St Kilda Footy Club releasing mm. a DVD in 2004 called The Winning Streak. So yeah, we spoke about that. England haven't won uh, a World Cup since 1966. Well, I don't know when St Kilda won last Six, round finals. Around 66. That it was 66, exactly. was it? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So I'm not sure winning 10 in a row is DVD worthy. Even even Collingwood in like 2014 won 10 in a row and were garbage. So... <laughs> I'm sending that packing. <laughs> All right. Hey, you've uh, you've um, spoken about the Facebooks and the Instagrams. I want to I want to send something. I want to call the Snapchats out. Mate, the Snapchat dog filter. It's got to go. It's the most <laughs> overhyped thing ever. I can't it stand. Still I don't know, but I yeah, when I'm doing my Instagram stalking, <laughs> my scrolling. Sorry. <laughs> Too many times I'm seeing that as actual permanent photos. So you've downloaded it off Snapchat, then put it up as your permanent photo. You know, Sorry, mate, it's overhyped. It's nah, got to go. You know what the ridiculous thing is? As as a, a, a heterosexual male in his mm. early 30s, mm. is there something intrinsically in, in our DNA that makes dogs like attractive? <laughs> because some, people, some girls put the Snapchat dog filter on and I'm like... All right, she's pretty hot. It's <laughs> <laughs> like got different ears and everything. Like uh, a, and it's like a, and they're panting and stuff. No, nah, like, it makes oh, your it right. makes your skin look good, mate. That's what it is. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Yeah, yeah. Something else that's overhyped and it's and it's reared its ugly head. And it's going to rear its ugly head again uh, post lockdown is picnics. I'm off picnics, salts. So they've got to go. What you go to a you go sit in a park and eat. They're and boring. They like, I don't get them. Picnics. Unless you've got like an iPad there to watch races. <laughs> True. Or, or the picnic races. Then yeah. Picnics can beat it. Oh, I'll go to Hillsville or Balnaring any day, but I'm not just going to the park to have something to eat. Anyway. I can actually see in your camera there a picnic rug behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually can. <laughs> Damn. So, I've been, uh, I've been hopefully Claire out. listens to this one. I'm a fraud. Uh, <laughs> and the final thing that's overhyped salts is the royal family. I, I just couldn't give two shits about him. We've had Netflix nah. series made up. People are, are fully invested. They're just, they, they got to go as well. Absolutely overhyped. No good. 
Yeah, there's been a common theme about anything to do with uh, the matriarchy lately, hasn't there? We're not fans of it. Yeah. So, uh, well, there's there's a list of our most overhyped things of all time, Salt. So some controversial, some are all right. So, uh, footy's fodder. We'll um, let the fans decide whether it'll be back next week. Let's move through to oh, our award-winning segment, the Sultan's Supper. This is uh, the opportunity where we get to reward uh, the great performances in racing of the week and or not racing related as well and invite them to a seat at the Sultan's Supper. And alternatively, you might be sent packing and, and not get a seat. So, Salts, who's coming to your supper this week, mate? Well, obviously, Jamie Carr's never left. The ride on Vega 1 was the second best ride of 2020, and she's a borderline platinum member for the supper, so she remains. Uh, Peter Moody, he's here because he went into bat for the Aussies, and you would have heard Steaming Salts the other day really sort of uh, get behind old P-Dog Moody. So he has a seat because he's a good Aussie bloke, and he'll just bag anyone where you want to bag, which is good. So, mate, I'm pretty short, sharp for my supper this week. I think that those two are standouts for me, but you've got a couple you want to bring to the table. I'll tell you who gets a seat at the table for me this week, Salts, and that's Jimmy Byrne. 49 years of age, and he's absolutely elite, mate. Consistently rides well, over 70 winners for the season already. Uh, gets the ride again with Apache Chase into the Stradbroke, and Apache Chase gets in at 49.5 kilos for the race. So Jimmy's going to waist down to 50.5 kilos for that ride. Uh, usually rides at around 54, so he's dropping 3.5 kilos for the ride because Desley Force has allowed him to ride one kilo over. So Salts, Jimmy Byrne can come to the supper and we'll uh, feed him a bowl of oxygen and, and some dust and we'll, <laughs> we'll keep him up and about. Yeah, mate, he can watch the rest of us tuck in and uh, we'll throw in some scraps. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway, Josh Richards gets an invite too, mate, this week. he's uh, Joshy Richards is going to get an invite onto the kids' table. So apprentice jockey, I mentioned him on Tuesday on the, uh, on the, the lockdown lunch. He is 27 years of age. He's the apprentice from Wagga. His overall rating is 8% winning strike rate, but his last 50 ride salts, he's striking at over 20%, okay, in terms of his win rate. So we made mention of him, dug into some stats and had a look, and Joshy Richards is the three-kilo claimer to follow in, in town at the moment. Mate, it's funny you say that, like, he's 27 and he's at the kids' table, but in my eyes, every three-kilo claiming apprentice is 17 <laughs> like they could be 40 and I'll just still think you're 17 if you claim it three. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. All right, I'll tell you what's not getting a seat at the table this week, Footler. Mm -hmm. Well, we're not eating curry for dinner at the table this week. I'll give you that much because we're not having curry and we're not having bloody mac and cheese. In fact, we're probably having mac and cheese with no curry because of the ride on, on mac and cheese the other day. So I'm sending cute rides packing. Just get big striding horses into the clear, please, and thank you in advance. <laughs> it's definitely been something that's been uh, very controversial with you, Salt. So yeah. uh, that's all right, mate. Well, uh, the luck will always swing. So think of it that way. Yeah. Um, hey, mate, we're going to go to a quick break, and then we'll be back with Salt's Specs, where we're going to take a look at races around four states. Top Sport is bringing you something that's better than the best and better than the rest. It's best of the best multis. Your top odds are guaranteed. Just place a best of the best multi across any Saturday Metro meeting to score yourself the top fluck or top dividend from the three national totes on each leg. How's that for top dollar? 
Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Best of the best, not available. WA races gamble responsibly. Welcome back, listeners. Salt Specs is proudly brought to you by our great friends at Top Sports. As we mentioned, we're going across four states again this weekend. Tips galore. Salts, we're going to start at our favorite track, which is HQ, back at Flemington again. Absolutely love being back at HQ, mate. And I got one in the first here. Um, Over 2,500 metres of handicap. South Pacific. Now, at this stage, he's also entered in the Winter Cup up in Sydney. But Damien Lane's booked here and there's no jockey booked in Sydney. So I I think we can assume he's going to be at Flemington. Now, his stablemate Grand Promenade with Caron is the rightful favourite with the best form line. That realm of flowers form line, really. She should have won a Sydney Cup and, and he's in a Melbourne Cup now. So, but, but I just want to bet around the dollar sixty, mate. I just think it's too short. And and this guy's taken a while to find his feet in Australia, but he was put in one of the all-time washing machines in the Warnable Cup. If you want to have a replay, if you want to watch the replay, he was absolutely smashed from pillar to post. And his efforts to pick back up even with the extra weight covered in the Omo and the bubbles that he was in after the washing machine. <laughs> it was an absolute was, soap. Oh, mate, he was an absolute soap sud. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he picked back up and hit the line hard. And I think on this big track with the with the smaller field and what looks a genuine tempo, I think he can finally make his mark in Australia. Nice, mate. So um, South Pacific, you got at $4.80 there. And as you said, Grand Promenade's at $1.55 now. That is just... That is eating yeah, really. up a lot of that market. That's so. tight. Like it's the rightful favourite, but I can I just see a betting opportunity to back the second favourite there because his price is good enough to play considering his winning chance. I reckon. Excellent. So South Pacific at four dollars eighty on Top Sport in race one. Mm-hmm. Race two is a fillies and mares race. It's a benchmark eighty four over the fourteen hundred metres. Yeah, one of my girls here that I've liked is La Vina for Lindsay Smith. Now, her return over 1,200 at Warrnambool was outstanding and she sat wide without cover and, and sprinted away over 1,200 metres against the bias. Back in trip last start to 1,100 and first go down the straight was against and she she went okay, was tight for room um, at a crucial stage, but she's much better suited at up to 1,400, I think, and back around a bend. And I think she's a very smart mare, and I think that she'll win this race. Cool. And that's Lavina at $3.50 on Top Sport in race two. Yep. Heading to race four, okay, a two uh, race here for the two-year-old fillies uh, over the 1,100 metres. Yeah, I like one here that comes through a four-horse race at Cranbourne and commands the field. So, you know, that's not really – a form line, a form horse race at Cranbourne over a thousand metres on a Friday night that you sort of gravitate to. But the way that she won was was lovely. And the key there was she did everything right. She was having her first start and she produced a booming turn of foot. Now, it was first use of the track, but the late splits were very high rating on the night. And that booming turn of foot and the fact that she did everything right, gap third, that's a really good sign that she's going to handle the straight for me. And I think at the price, I think she's about six bucks. I think she's into 550 now. 550. Mate, yeah. I think that's a good bet. And I, from the raced ones, the, the market sort of gravitated to that race at Geelong, which quite a few of them come through. 
But I think of the race ones with the exposed form, Commands of Field should actually be the favourite. So it's going to take something like Black Caviar's daughter to come out here and yeah. hate her. And yep. oh, I'm happy to go with the exposed form. And I think yeah. she's got a boomer of a turn of foot. As a punter salts, I gen I genuinely gravitate to horses that do have a really uh, really smart debut, win their win their maiden, and get sent to town. I, I do like that recipe. Like obviously taking uh, it on a case by case basis, but it does always uh, make me have a have a look through the form and see see if they're ready for uh, racing in town. So I'm certainly with you on that, and I've got one later in in the specs that that I'm going to play at too that follows that recipe. Yeah, and we've spoken about two-year-olds that do everything right, like the the Patrick Payne runner, Sione. That's mm. the favourite. And, you know, that ran a big last 200 last start, but it did plenty wrong. So, you know, is it going to handle the straight? I, I, I want to back the professional one here that does everything right and still has talent. Yep, good call. Yep. Mate, you got one here in the fifth, a uh, 1,400-metre handicap. Take it away. Yeah, I'm going for one of the journeymen of racing here, Salt. So uh, in Arameo, people would remember this uh, horse from probably 2017-18 season. So previously uh, with the Cummings and Godolphin team and won some black black type here in Australia as a three-year-old, ran second in the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes, um, then had a stint in Singapore. So Comes back to Oz now as a five-year-old with the Waller camp, which I find an interesting little move there. He comes out of the Romancer race first up. So a couple of weeks ago, we saw Romancer win it at any old odds, uh, and he ran fourth. And I think the Arameo SP'd at like 91 bucks as well. So I think uh, he ran really well there. He'll take improvement out of that. He has an outstanding second-up record, never missing a placing. So $14 and... Four dollars to place on Top Sport. I'm I'm happy to dive in with one of my one by three plays there, Salts. Yeah, nice, mate. I'm I'm actually not an Arrow Mayo fan. I'm more of a Cupy Mayo fan. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, Arrow Mayo can uh, spread some goodness on Saturday, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is becoming foots bloody specs again because you're taking over the sixth here at headquarters as well. Another fourteen hundred meter handicap. I promise this is my last one. That's all right. You're going on all. Yeah, so uh, as I as I made mention that uh, recipe uh, prior to you uh, backing commands the field, so I've got one here in four leaf right at five dollars fifty on Top Sport. So Scotty Cameron brings this one to town off a debut maiden win. Now beat a bunch of maidens that I think are likely to remain maidens for a while. So, but for me, it's the fashion he did it in can't be ignored. Won it by eight lengths, which was some six to seven lengths above that uh, class average. So shoot to the front, makes his own luck. I can't see a stack of pressure in this race. So I'm happy to spec off that maiden performance and take some improvements into this run here. I'm uh, thinking he's a pretty good chance. Yeah, it was a very high rating maiden win, that four leaf right win. It went into a lot of black books just because of the margin visually, but visually, mm. but it was backed up on the clock. I, I look... I looked at this race and that was – I wanted to find him. Uh, I, I've decided to stay out just um, the the heavy to drive. Maybe just put me off a little bit. But if I if I had to have an on-topper in the race, it would be him. Good. Good yeah. confidence for me there, Salts. Uh, race seven at HQ, uh, a three-year-old race over the 2,000 metres. Got a value selection here, mate. Yeah, I like our lone star, and I was with him last start as some value, and he moved into the race real stylishly. He looked like he was going to win. 
and you can see he ran a, a boomer of a six to four and four to two hundred split, and then he peaked on his run in the last two hundred. He was four weeks between runs there, so I noted yes to the trip again, and and this was a race that I was really hoping that he showed up in because with that run under the belt now and fitter, he's here, he's drawn for a real economical run, and it's safe to say his jockey owes us, and also. Ruba through the same race. He got there early last start, Ruba, but he was also fitter. So I just think there's quite a, a bit of a price discrepancy between the two. Our lone star's up in the weights because he's not claiming anymore, but I just think he's going to be closer and, and fitter and he really relaxes and moves into the race well. So I think he's a very good winning hope, our lone star. So you got our lone star at $10 and $3.20 on top sport. Yeah. And and Ruba is $3.70 on top yeah. sport. So wow. I don't want to put words in your mouth here, Salts, but would you be suggesting a one by three play, perhaps? No, I'll just back it to win. Oh, he sent me back. I'll just back it to win, mate. I'm going to get a one by three out of you before this, uh, before season one's over of two years. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to race eight, which is a three-year-old race over the 1100. And there's a filly here that uh, rears its head after uh, being scratched last week, familiar face. Yeah, I'm Sugartown, the O'Brien runner. I'm not entirely sure why she got scratched last week. I couldn't find anything, but hopefully saved for this race and it's at her home track so she really maps for a sweet as sugar off pace trail here and i think on the back of that strong pace she can let down and her win at bendigo last start was an absolute cracker and i I wanted to follow her really wherever she went and it looks like she's found a nice race here it's an open race there's a stack of speed on paper and a few that might be a little bit of a question mark at the end of that 1100 she's third up here and can track that and and finish off on her home track so i think sugar town can uh make it nice as sweet as candy in the eighth month <laughs> good stuff five dollar fifty favorite there on top sport so yeah, open I, race, I, isn't it? it is hey do you, like, do you like her yeah, I do like Sugar Town. I'll definitely be uh, playing at Sugar Town. I was nearly in my uh, two units actually salts today, um, yeah. but uh, I'm happy to just follow from the specs segment because I found something better for the two unit segment. Yeah, nice. Morfittville Parks. We love the Parks track, and it's it's back again. And uh, we got a couple of tips over there in Adelaide. And the first one comes nice and early in the card, which is race one, two year old race benchmark sixty four. Over the twelve fifty, yeah, I like one here. Eyes never lie. Huge improver at start two. So trialed in a black or um, had a go at black type at start one and and just didn't go well, but improved massively at start two. And although green at the end, it won with plenty in hand, and it easily ran past Alaskan Storm, who's here, and that ties in several from his last start. That last start race with Alaskan Storm and and the other couple in the market here. Uh, I backed one of them, and that is what's his what's his name? Run Amigo, Run Amigo and, and Strike yeah. Award as well, who was good. That was run at a fast tempo, and and they're all coming from a fast tempo thousand meter to now twelve fifty. So that could have flattened them a bit. I'm I don't think Run Amigo is going to run the twelve fifty. Blink has come off for him, but but he has had the ultimate gear change, Run Amigo. What's that? Oppen- Opperman on. Oh, yes. Yes, he has. Um, but even that said, I still got a query on him at the 1250. Striker Wall was good, but 1,000 to 1250, second up, not ideal. 
this uh, eyes never lie that comes through an 1100 meter race and where the last 200 rated really highly on the day so overall time stacked up on the day versus the older horses and and that's the progression i want to side with and particularly given we can get five bucks for that mm. i'm i'm happy for that to be the bet i think strike awards the one to beat but just a little bit against that setup so five bucks for eyes never lie for me excellent Race five, a three-year-old race over the uh, over the fourteen hundred meters, benchmark sixty-eight. Uh, another selection, a familiar selection here. Yeah, this is third time lucky for Star of Uma, but she's a talented filly. And look, fitness gave out fresh, beaten by a better one last start. No excuses, but he produced a massive, massive new peak, and they gap third, and and she should lead these in fourteen hundred meters off her sandown run in in a good class race. Uh, she'll get so yeah I think she goes to the front I think this is her day and and we'll butter up I'm, I'm not letting her go without me yeah nice and she's nice and short too she's at a dollar 90 star of Uma so uh hopefully the best horse and salutes and as you said salts I'll be uh diving in as well and and getting me cash back on this one yeah exactly Hey, let's head up to Queensland now, up to Eagle Farm. A couple of selections here, a group one race as well, which we'll cover a bit later in the show. But you got one in race four, which is the Grinders Coffee Lightning Handicap over the 1,000 metres. Yeah, nice. I'm, a bit of an all, I'm more of an all-press person myself. But same, same. Yeah, yeah good, it's uh, good coffee. That's great. Uh, coffee. I like the favourite here, Usmanov. Short but sweet. He's 2 bucks fifty, but he handles Eagle Farm. He, he's a thousand meter specialist or a short course, short course specialist. Very strong return over the nine hundred meters, and and carrying weight for him, no issue. And the gap between runs kept fresh is a big tick for him. So I think he just tracks the speed and, and will be too fast. Well, that's Usmanov at two dollars fifty on Top Sport and race five salts is uh, the Ascot Green Morton Cup. Okay, a group two there, set weights, penalties over the 1,200 metres. Yeah, I was with the astrologist Fresh, and it was a complete forgive. He'd trolled up there, and it was a cracker. But Fresh, he was wide no cover, and I thought he actually stuck on all right considering. 1,200 better trip for him. He's drawn sticky again, but the map does look potentially kind of today. You know, you never know until they jump and, and how it unfolds. But he does look a little bit more likely to get some cover today just with a few less underneath kicking up than last start and if he covers up he's a shout and he's he's what's he paying there? he's 850 850 yeah i'll yeah. just have three quarter unit on him to find out um mm-hmm. you know splintex finds the front he'll be hard to run down but yeah i just think the astrologist is a good horse and he's on the up and benny thompson takes over so i oh know he, he was on last start as well so he knows him so um yeah i reckon he'll go all right the astrologist and worth a nibble Nice, nice. Uh, let's head to Rose Hill. Got three races to cover at Rose Hill this weekend, starting in race five, which is a benchmark 78 over the 1,200. Yeah, this is an open race, and, and it's very even. And, and the fave, Ramstein, can no doubt win. He did have the pattern on side last start when leading and, and just caught late. There's a couple here that have trialled much more forward than their previous campaigns that we can spec at a price. So the first is he's a hot shot. He is an absolute bone dry tracker. His trial was very forward, good time, went to the front, kept going. He can track the strong speed here and finish off. And despite no fresh wins to date, 
his first up run last prep was actually the highest rating run of his career. So I think he can run a bolter here. He's a hot shot. And he's at $8, so yep. get a price about him. Yep. The other one is Takpi. Didn't come up last prep, but the trial covering ground was a, a beauty. Covered a lot of ground, hit the line well. Does like some give in the ground, but has handled good in the past. And if they're happy to run him, I'm happy to back him because I thought the trial was a cracker. So I think he's a hot shot and the main bet and Matto Attack be the smaller bet. I, yep. I think they're the plays for me in the fifth. And Mato Takbi's at eleven dollars and three fifty on Top Sport too, so not not a bad each way play there. Absolutely. Uh, race six is a benchmark seventy eight race over the fifteen hundred meters. Yeah, a couple here that are taking up a fair bit of the market that I also want to bet around. So, Love Tap. He's one of my boys. He was, you know, he, he missed the start in Brisbane last start and and sort of ran on okay the race shape was right against he does have a bit of a habit habit of stepping slow so if he does that again where does he get to in the run i just think he's too short in Mm. this race which is a lot more open the other one great house first up off a very soft trial look he's a good horse but i think that this will be run pretty hard as well so i reckon first up at 1400 might be a bit against him, he might not be sharp enough. Mm-hmm. Two that I want to follow. Sorry, this race over fifteen hundred. Two yep. that I want to follow here. So, Wairi Falls comes out of a fifteen hundred meter race at Rose Hill last start, where he ran on against. It was an inside bias that day, and he made some ground against that bias. So I think he can cover up a little bit closer from the low draw today. And I, I just want to follow that run because I thought it was a run that said good prep incoming. Whether or not he wants more ground. He's by Savabil, so you know he might want a little bit more ground, but I still think he runs a good race. The other one, he'll he'll be my secondary bet actually, because the other one is Zing, and Zing ran an absolute stormer first up from too far back. Takes closer order from this low draw as she has done in the past, second up and up in trip, and she always improves second up. So I think Zing's going to get a really nice run. And I think we can play Zing as the main bet and Wairiri falls as the secondary smaller bet yeah. and try and so, get those shorter price faves beat. Perfect. So Zing's at 550, Wairiri falls is at 12 bucks. Yep. And one in the last here at Rose Hill as well, race nine, benchmark 78 over the 1200. Yeah, look, the map here looks a bit ambiguous and with the exception of Expat, who looks to be the only one that can cross and lead and I think it'll cross and lead with little issue. Chase the fitter one and a dominant winner fresh and, and peaked late and that was over 1,100. I think 1,200 is uh, more to her liking. Second up, she'll go to the front and going to give us a huge shout and I think she's a rightful favourite and I'm happy to back Expat. I think it's probably, you know, in an open day at Rose Hill. I think that's probably the best bet. Okay. And $3.60 is a pretty good price for that best bet. Salts. Yeah, mate. All right. Hey, well, well done, mate. You've got through those. Uh, I feel like I haven't given you too much of a chop out there, but hopefully we've got a fat spec segment with a few winners this week. Mm-hmm. But now it's time to move into our two units part of the show where, uh, as I say, every week we, we hang them on the line and get our best bets out and uh, I might kick things off and let you have a sip of H2O there. Thanks, mate. So my best bet 
comes at Flemington this week in race three, which is a benchmark 78 over the 1400. Chief Altony or Altony. How do you want to go with that one, Salts? In my head, I say Altony. Yeah, I'm going to go with Altony. Yeah. So Chief Altony is at $2.50 on top sport. And oh my hat, the last start win at Ballarat in 70 grade was impressive. So ran the second fastest last 400 of the meeting and uh, went to the line under four grips. Actually, probably six grips. So prior to that, he ran second at Ballarat, Ballarat to uh, corner pocket. But he was three wide the trip in that run and he peaked on his run a little bit. So... Uh, had every right to to peak, but corner pockets well and truly frank that form coming out and winning his last two starts since. So I think Zara lobs this guy midfield here off the fence and uh, will get plenty of time to go through his gears and win again. And I, I think Alexander Ray's got a smart one here. And uh, yeah, Chief Altony at $2.50, I'm happy to play. And Salts, because I won the Living Legends uh, bet last week as our best bet, I'm going to go again and have a hunt. Yeah, retain the mantle and have $100 on Chief Outerney at uh, $2.50 for our Living Legends bet this week. That was pretty silly how he won last start, wasn't it? He literally eased him down from the, in the last 100. Yeah, he, he wanted in. and he wanted to run another lap. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't like fully gone through that race yet to, to see what, what I'm going to do. But yeah, he, he certainly won. I backed him last start and I thought, sheesh, that's one you want to follow. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, I'll move on to my best value salts. This is uh, where I've been doing some some work. My actual my best bet and best value got up last week, just for the record, there, listeners. Uh, my best value this week comes in the last at Flemington race nine. It's a benchmark eighty four over the two thousand, and I've been getting pretty excited about Ferraris on this uh, on this show. But I found myself a Maserati today, <laughs> so I'm going to be backing Maserati Bay uh, at eleven bucks and three fifty. My old one by three play. So uh, last start. Excellent run over the 1800 uh, at HQ, second to Don't Doubt Dory. But old, uh, old Don't Doubt Dory uh, had a had the um, run of the race in transit and Maserati Bay covered some serious ground, three wide the trip. But once he straightened up, he let down like a good thing and, and it was the run of the race for mine. So I've, I've followed him in here. He gets the extra furlong. The only knock being the wide draw, um, so we'll need a little bit of luck there, but that's no doubt been factored into the price. So gets 2000 Cartwright claim, one by three play. That's my best value for the weekend, Salty. Lovely, mate. I'll be following with much interest. <laughs> um, all right, so you're thinking, oh, well, there's a group one this week. Like, how have they not spoken about the group one? Well, we've saved the best till last, haven't we? We actually have, yes. Yep. So... The, the Group 1 Queensland Oaks uh, at Eagle Farm, race eight, and I'm keen on bargain here. Hers was the best Oaks trial out of the Roses for sure. Flush wide at about the 1,200, wider on the turn, and then that last 100 metres really found the line. I think the extra tra- trip, absolutely. The run under the belt is important as well because DeWace hasn't had that run under the belt, so that fitness advantage over another danger. And also she's drawn for the run of the race. She has tactical speed, so can sit in that in that, that first three pairs and just get a great run and then really, really finish off hard. If, if you look at the ATC Oaks, Dewey speed her there, but 
and came from behind her, but Bargain had the leaders back Harmony Rose and that leader was tiring badly and just fell in her lap and Duace was being hard ridden at the 600 and Bargain was traveling, but Bargain just had nowhere to go. So I feel like they that she could have turned the tables and, you know, with that run under her belt now, Bargain versus Duace, I think Bargain looks a great bet at the price and, and I'm keen on her to win the Oaks. Nice. And yeah, she's at around $4.80 at the moment, mate. And I'm I'm 100% with you on that. So I'm also going to have a little Quinella play with Duace, the two you mentioned. I'm going to pop them in a Quinella and and cross my fingers and scream at my TV. Nice. Absolute Fortella. <laughs> it's a Fortella. That's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>, it's awful. <laughs> but uh, hey, that rounds out the two units, which rounds out our show for the weekend, Salts. Uh, good luck to all of our punters and listeners this weekend. Hopefully, we've found you a couple of winners, and, and we'll be back next week with another edition of Two Units Podcast. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Two Units Podcast. Before you send us packing for another week, please ensure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or hit the follow button on Spotify so you never miss a tip. While you're at it, please feel free to leave us a five-star review. And as always, please gamble responsibly.